Welcome to the Nolan Podcast from National Oil and Lube News. I'm your host, Associate Editor Hannah Bubser. Today, I bring you a conversation with Daniel Wilson, Regional Manager at Big Rays Express Lube based in Illinois. Daniel was recently featured in an article for the September issue of Nolan titled How to Be a Customer Liaison, in which he offered some perspective on sharing knowledge with customers in a shop setting. Daniel joins the podcast to talk more about this topic, as well as the work he does at Big Rays. Daniel, well, thank you so much for joining me on the Nolan podcast. Excited to have you here. For the first question here, I just want to start with a bit of an introduction. So can you just tell our audience who you are and the work that you do for Big Rays Express Lube? Well, thank you for the opportunity to speak on here. Um, I guess I guess it's a, uh, I, the technical term is I'm the regional manager for Big Rays. Uh, my job entails making sure that the shops have exactly what they need to get through the day, uh, to have uh, guys to make sure that everybody's there at work, to uh, any complaints, any concerns, uh, product problems, you know, um, make sure the deliveries show up, um, make sure the deposits are made. Uh, and most of all, I like to be their friend. I like to, I like to be somebody they can talk to if they need somebody. And that's manager to the pit tech guy because that's where I started at was with pit tech. But yeah, that's pretty much my job. And as a regional manager, are there certain efficiencies or, or daily operations that you're keeping track of in particular through the work that's done at the shops? Um, anything you like to track or anything that you kind of use as a point to know? that you're setting the standards across the shops that you're getting the work done? Well, we got multiple tools. Um, I'm, I've lived in the center, central Illinois most of my life, and I know a lot of people. So the best, the best thing to hear when you run something like this is friends, family, and people you don't even know. Cause you know, I wear the shirt everywhere I go and they say, Hey, you, you know what? I went to your shop at East Fury. They do a really good job or they help my mom. That's, that's the number one thing, you know, it's interaction with people on the street. Uh, secondly, I, I, we do have cameras. I do watch the cameras. And I think the biggest thing is to make contact with the managers and the guys. I go around to the shops here close to me, four or five of them close to me every day. I talk to the uh, the managers at the shop every week, at nonstop every week. Every week I see them, I talk to them, I see what's going on. And any of the small owners or any of the guys uh, that are running one of these one or two shops, that's the biggest thing. Because when you're that guy in the pit, it means something when the boss tells you you do a good job, especially when the owner comes in and tells you to get, that you're doing a good job. So that's what that's what I do to 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 go to the stores and make sure that they're doing their job. 
And your network of stores is based in Illinois. Can you kind of give some context as to where the shops are located and how many you have as well? Well, Peoria, Illinois, we have two. Um, normal, Bloomington Normal, which is just normal, is one. Um, then we got one in Canton, uh, Pekin, Jacksonville, and Springfield. Am I forgetting any? I, I think that's all of them. I think there's like eight, I believe. Uh, the mechanic shop, we have three mechanics shops too, but those aren't directly um, with Big Ray's. They're kind of, one of them is kind of added on. The other one's kind of separated from the shop. Um, but yeah, they're they're all mainly central and southern Illinois. So with the multiple locations, there's obviously a lot of different elements to to keep track of across the shops. With your workplace culture, how, how would you describe how the team interacts uh, throughout the different shops, throughout the network in general? What's what's the team dynamic really like at Big Rays? Family. We we treat each other like people, you know, not like paychecks. And when when one of us are hurting, when one of us are going through something, we use uh, WhatsApp to communicate amongst the shops and to have our meetings and stuff. And when somebody when somebody's in pain, we try to help. And when and it's not just you you can't just you can't just expect people to treat your business like you would. So you got to treat them like you would want to be treated in order for them to treat your business like you want it to be treated. If you if you make them into the number and just about money, then that's all they're going to worry about. And you'll never get the true feeling that you want at your shop. At least that's how I feel about it. I really like the idea of treating others the way that you want to be treated, because not only does that apply in life, but I I feel like that's a big thing in the aftermarket and in the quick lube space as well. And often I hear the, the quick lube industry described as a customer service business. Um, and for the September issue of Nolan, you were interviewed about a story about being a, a customer liaison and really ensuring that customers are informed in a shop setting. And can you talk a little bit about why this is an important topic for you to consider and just an important topic for the entire industry to really consider when interacting with their customers? Well, with the day and age we live in now, and it was always like that, it's just magnified now. There's so much information out there. There's so much disinformation out there. Somebody can look you in the face and they can tell you something and you can either believe them or you don't. Me, I'm the kind of guy I don't believe anybody until I see it myself. I guess I'm from Missouri like that. You know, the show me say, isn't that what it is? I believe it is. But I had just had this happen to me like an hour ago. One of our major fleets that we have, they went to another shop and that shop told them that we cross-threaded a plug, right? So what I do, 
I had the guy come to our shop. I physically told him what it was. And I was like, if you don't, to ease your mind and mine, you have to show them. You have to go down there with them. You have to take the time to drop that plug, drop all the oil out of it and look and get up there and physically look and see if it's right. That's what people need to start doing. Instead of just telling them, like in that in my in that interview, instead of just saying, Don't worry about it, let me take care of it, you'll be all right. When somebody says that, they're brushing you off. When you take them down there or you show them what's going on, then there's no brush off. That's what we do. We make sure we that's what it is in customer service. You have to make sure that you know what you're talking about and you see the person sees it if there's a complaint. Or if you're doing the oil change or an air filter, show them the air filter. Show them the cabin. Don't just say it needs to be replaced. Don't run off with a bunch of mileage. No, show them it needs to be replaced. Because nowadays, that's the only way people are going to believe you is if you show. So I think that kind of goes along with customer relationships and and what you're building in your shops yeah so can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the feedback that you hear from customers about having that trust or about building that relationship with the shop and what that looks like with your customer base it's awesome when when somebody comes in there and tells you they won't go to another shop because they like the the feeling that our techs do when they treat them like their mom, when they treat them like their dad, when they treat them like real people instead of just a paycheck, just like money. That goes back to what I said before. You can't expect people that work for you to treat it more than a paycheck if you don't treat them like that. So they're just going to look at it as a paycheck and send them on their way so they can get back to what what they want to do. But the the best part is when they tell you that as they're going out the door. I mean, if you, it, 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 I, I want the people that are listening to this to look up Big Ray's Western. That's where I. That's my crown jewel. That's where we started at. And if you look at over those eight hundred reviews, you'll see what it looks like. That's what it is. And I think along with some of that goes into the the service offerings themselves. So what kind of services are being offered at at Big Rays? What services are maybe more popular with some of your customers? And how do you navigate solidifying that service menu and what makes sense for the Big Rays shops? Well, that's just it. We don't we don't do what's good for the shop. We do what's good for the car. Like anybody that's been doing this job for more than 15 to 20 years, if you go into a car that's honestly needs a service, you can go through the transmission, the, the air filter, the cabin air filter, uh, the, the transmission fluid, engine flushes, fuel system, all that stuff, if you go through it, now, when I say go through it, what I mean is, okay, this is recommended at this, but I'm just 
I'm just telling you it's recommended. I'm not saying you have to get it done. It's not a dire need. You know, now, now sometimes if the transmission is really bad or if it's got leaks, we address those. But really it's about what the car needs. And if anybody that's done any success in this job, they have physically shown the customers that it needs to be done, either by mileage or by by the air filter itself. Now, anybody that's done it knows you don't go by color. You go by the mileage recommendation from the from the car maker. But sometimes you can show it to a customer and they're like, hey, that is looking dirty. Let's go ahead and do it. I call it preventative maintenance. You know, that's the one thing where I used to work at, they were really big about. You know, you don't change a fluid after it changes the color because then the damage has already been done. You do it before it changes color. That's why they give recommendations. And you have to have the willingness and the guys to explain that to people. You know, not just say, hey, you should get this done. Oh, you're going to have problems if you don't. Nobody's ever going to buy it like that. It, it, and it's not. And I, and I don't mean to be rude, but we are to make money. We are in this job to make money, but we're also in the job to help people. So you have to you have to ride that line of being uh, assertive, but then understanding. So you have to let them know when it needs it and it really needs it without forcing it down people's throats. Because these other companies, that's what they do. They tell them that you've got to have it done now. If you don't, you're going to have problems later on down the road. That ain't what you do. You tell them, okay, it could have problems later on down the road. Not that it's going to. You know, there's a specific difference. It's all about how you talk to people. And what about with training? Um, I know that there's always a lot of conversations in the industry about training, how to best approach it, um, best practices with it. What does that look like for big rays? Um, what's some of the training that's involved with it? I was blessed with a lot of guys that have had over five to 10 years experience. You got to have somebody that has experience. And because anybody that does this job knows you think you know how to do oil changes until you go to an oil change job. Because you only do one oil change that's on your car. So you know how to do oil changes? No. Um. And it's the person. You, you'll you know in a couple of weeks when you're training them if they're going to excel or they're going to stay at a certain level. You know, and then you got to want to bring that out in them. So what I, I think I, I like to baptize by fire, if you know what I mean. I like to I like to get the guy an idea of how the job goes and then throw him in. Now, of course, when I say that, you also have plenty of guys around and you have a, a you have somebody in charge and then you have somebody watching him specifically, whether he's in the pit, upstairs, wherever. But baptized by fire, that's the best. You 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 see the person's uh gumption and their their will to do the job when they're at their worst. 
when they're getting burned, when they're getting oil on them, if they walk out, then you know it wasn't for them. But if they stay there and fight, then you got a soldier. That's that's my thinking on it. And you mentioned other team members being willing to offer that support as well. Is that really yep. across the board or all of your team members really willing to to do that and jump in? Yeah, because they they were there once too. You know, I I started out as a pit tech. So I know what it's like. And the and that's another thing too. You know, I'm not going to mention any I'm not going to throw any shade to anybody or anything, but the company that I used to work for, they had a regional manager that was working groceries before the before the oil change business. That would tell us how to do sales that would tell us how to do our job. That's never going to work with roughnecks with guys that do this job. You have to know what you're talking about or they will never respect you. And are there any, um, I guess, trends across the industry that you've been paying attention to? Um, there's a lot of conversations these days just about, emerging technology and vehicles, what that'll look like for quick lubes, if things like EVs are are worth paying attention to or not, you know, just a lot of, a lot of conversations being had about these things. Um, is there anything that you're paying attention to? Are you looking forward to certain opportunities in the quick lube industry as we, we move into the future or anything like that? I, that, I, it's funny you said this because a couple of weeks ago, me and the owner, we had a conversation about China. China is redoing the idea of oil changes right now. They are taking the batteries from the bottom of these cars with a little arm and they take them out and they put a new fresh battery in. Now, that sounds like an oil change to me. That sounds like where it's going to move to, but it's going to be a while before they do that. I say that it could be 5, 10, 15 years from now, you know, and I, I'm watching the oil, too. I mean, they've went from, what is it, 020 to 016 to 040. I, I think that's where it's going to go for a while is the new synthetic oil so they can get more money out of it because we all know the oil prices have but the actual price of oil has went down which doesn't make any sense to me but yeah I, I, I am watching some of the technology and stuff but it's still too early it's way too early I mean, they they got a different ideas on what they want to do. Me personally, I think they should slowly get into it, you know, with like going from coal to solar. You need to do them both. So it's less of a, you know what I mean? It's less of a fight. But, you know, hopefully that'll that whole change will be gone after I'm retired. I think that's a lot of the, the way the guys in the oil change business feel right now because there's so much uncertainty. And the worst thing for a mechanic or anybody who works on cars is uncertainty. And with that, there are just a lot of challenges and, and changes happening across the industry in general. I mean, not even just in terms of technology, but also, you know, we've got 
labor shortages that we've been battling, all kinds oh, of constantly, things. constantly. Um, so what do you think is, are, I guess, what are some of the most challenging parts of being a quick lube in today's industry? And how do you think is the, the best way to respond to some of those challenge areas? The, I think the most challenging part is, like I said in the, the in the article, is people, they get the information, and it's only half the information or quarter of the information. How many times I've seen a video to where somebody shows an oil change, but they don't go all the way through it. They just show part the parts that they want to show. You know, misinformation is our worst enemy in the quick lube industry. It really is. I mean, I don't want to say weekend warriors, but people that look for information online from a random spot, like I said in the the interview, you need to go to an, a trusted OEM, a mechanic that's been doing it for years before you put out your opinion, because somebody that's been doing it for years that knows better is going to look at you like you don't know what you're talking about. And that is that is bad. But that and reviews. Reviews are such a one sided thing. And like I said in our in in the uh, article. People, are, you can't make everybody happy. You never will. But you have to address them. You have to let the people know, hey, this is what happened. This is why we're at this point, And leave the information out there for somebody to see. You know, and then back on to employees. That is probably the next because people, everybody thinks they should be getting paid what I get paid now that start out. They don't realize that they have to work to get to that point. You know, and especially young, young, the, the generation now, they, they, I don't, like I said, I didn't want to throw shade on anybody. So I'm not going to go generational. I'm just saying these uh, people have unrealistic goals on where they should be in their life at such a young age. Those are all the questions that I had for you, but I wanted to give you an opportunity here because before we started talking, you mentioned you had some people that you wanted to thank. So I wanted to give you a, a chance to do that before we wrap up here. Well, with, with that being said, I couldn't have done any of this without Fred, Yaha, Sam, Badu, and Ray Badu. They are the owners of Big Rays. Without them, none of this is possible. And the good Lord, of course. But those guys especially. And then to the soldiers, to the guys that started with me from day one that are still working here now, five and a half years later. I appreciate every last one of you. If you hear this, thank you. Especially you guys, the owners. And then there's one last person. That's the love of my life, Krista Walton. She is she is my other half. She is the one that does all the reviews. She's been behind me since day one when I was scrubbing walls and didn't have anything. She was the one that, that helped me build what Big Race is today. 
So to those people, thank you. I love you all. Well, that is excellent, Daniel. Is there anything else that you want to add about yourself, your work, or about Big Rays before we end the podcast? Never give up. You fall down, you get back up. If there's anything that Daniel Wilson stands for in Big Rays, that's what it is. It's a fight every day. I love it, and I'll never give it up. Thanks for listening to the Nolan Podcast from National Oil and Lube News. For more content, visit our website at nolan.net or follow us on social media. Just search for National Oil and Lube News. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you never miss another. Subscribe to the Nolan Podcast wherever you listen. I'm Associate Editor Hannah Bubser, and I'll talk to you more next time.